0: Hey guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. What's up, guys? Of course, found at thegrillaposition.com and proud part of the Aurora Network.
1: Yes, we are.
0: So before we get into the bulk of the conversation, because there's obviously a lot of wrestling talk to talk about, we got a little something in the mail. Was this today or was it yesterday? Today. Our new Turnbuckle Talk business cards. Yes, we did. Courtesy of... Vistaprint.com. Yeah. Or in Canada,
1: Vistaprint.ca. Vistaprint.ca.
0: Yep. Very prompt and... uh, They did a good job making the business cards that uh, we wanted.
1: Yeah, they did an amazing job with them. I mean, they came in about five days-ish, I would say, five business days. So really good. Uh, Very good quality on them. As Mm -hmm. usual, we've had business cards from them before and have been very happy with them. Uh, These ones here are double-sided so we've got uh, print on the front and on the back, and they have made things very, very nice for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely digging them. It's a uh,
0: very, it's not not cheap quality. That's no, for sure, very good job done there. Um, interesting th- thing to note too, s- coming uh, very soon, Carl. We're we're at, this is episode eighty-seven now. We're getting uh, very close to uh, three digits on the uh, get close to episode one hundred. We're getting very another. I guess it would be 13 episodes.
1: Yep, another 13, and we'll be at the 100 episode
0: mark. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to, to kind of note there. All right, well, another week has come and gone in the wrestling world, Carl, and some, needless to say, some interesting stuff going on. I guess the first thing that we should kick off with was actually just before um, finalizing the edit and getting last week's episode ready, a big uh, bombshell was dropped on Monday Night Raw.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it just goes to show you how quickly everything in the world of professional wrestling can change. We had uh, talked a little bit about Roman Reigns and and stuff that he could do or possibly go to or what what could happen with some Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And then we get a bombshell that the leukemia that he has been battling for the last 14 years Mm -hmm. has really flared up again. And he had to relinquish the uh, Universal Championship title belt.
0: And interestingly enough, I would say probably gave one of the best promos of his entire at least WWE career. And really, I think that this is something, you know, I'm going to say when he does come back, because I'm I'm sure that uh, he is going to be back, that right there, just letting Roman go out and be himself in front of the crowd works.
1: Definitely it does. I mean, this is just case in point and shows that you can't, have a full creative control over every little thing that happens you let joe go out there or joe is his real name you let roman reigns go out there and just be himself and let him get on the mic he's proven with that that he can do it I think he stumbles a little bit when it comes to, no, you got to go out there and and here's the script for you. And this is what you have to say and stuff like that. Right. So then he gets, I don't know if he gets a little flustered or what happens, but yeah, he just shown right there that he can do it. He knows how to cut a good promo. He can do what he needs to do if you allow him to without giving him
0: reservations. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully they've seen that. And like I said, uh, you know, inevitably when he does come back, let Roman be Roman or let Joe be Joe. And, um, you know, it it obviously works and I think is a good thing going forward for him, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully he gets over this disease and can come back uh, better than ever before.
1: And definitely all of us here uh, with Turnbuckle Talk do wish him sincerely the best in his fight that he has here with leukemia and, you know, nothing but... Success coming out of all of this, and hopefully see him back in the ring very soon.
0: Yeah. Now another interesting thing that has happened, and uh, this doesn't really necessarily revolve around WWE, although potentially it could end up. Cody done with the bullet club curl. Yes,
1: Cody is done with the bullet club. Um, that much we can surmise yeah i he put out a tweet recently and i think we've discussed it before where it had gone and said uh that he is done with bullet club essentially and that it's jays now Mm -hmm. right so we're kind of going okay so speculations come up and all of this stuff kind of arises from it and who knows i mean could Cody just be taking a step back and allowing Jay White to come in and be the new leader? Because essentially that's all he said was that he's no longer the leader. Jay's the leader.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely open for uh, you know interpretation there for sure. You know, they did a really good job over there in New Japan building a new star in Jay White. You know, I know some people are kind of mixed about him, but uh, if you actually watch what he's done, I think it's rather impressive, and I think a good choice. And, you know, definitely not the the first or definitely the last time that uh, the leadership role of the ball club has changed hands. It's, it's happened several times now, and uh, I think that, you know, and this is another good example of, you know, them over there being able to build new stars. I think that they've done a good job with him, and I think this is a good fit, you know, especially with, you know, the... The bad side. There of bull Club with the uh, the firing squad there.
1: I mean, again, you're you're kind of talking like this is set in stone and this is actually you know fully happened. We don't know that that has happened yet. There really no, has sure. not been any official word that that's happened. It's just yeah. a tweet that yeah. was done by Cody. Yeah, that's it. Was it just some BS tweet that was put out there because somebody was being a jerk and being like, "Ha ha ha! What's next for you now?"
0: Right? Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah,
1: Yeah. right now we have no clue.
0: Yeah. You know, and what's interesting too is, uh, you know, this wasn't necessarily something I had on the the dock here to talk about. Jericho cruise uh, has happened as well, you know, so all these guys involved with that yep two you know and of course you know as we mentioned last week there's all the speculation about jericho and jr and the owner of the jacksonville jaguars possibly starting their own promotion you know so and this is all possibly all tied into this so it's a story that there's it's seeming like every week that we sit down and talk about this there's there's a little bit more to this kind of puzzle what's happening with this so Yeah, yeah i mean it's it's all yeah we'll have to see yeah, for sure. It's something that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, a little bit more with uh, New Japan, an interesting uh, thing that's happened if you follow New Japan wrestling, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is essentially their version of John Cena over there. He's uh, very much that similar kind of character. And Kazuchika Okada, you know, one of the greatest um, heavyweight champions in the history of New Japan pro wrestling, forming a partnership. And essentially, they're touting this as another version of the Mega Powers. Who's,
1: who's touting it as that?
0: Uh, New Japan, perusing it. Okay. Yes. So it's interesting to see these two guys match up, you know, and uh, we will see what happens with that because it's it's an interesting these guys, you know, it's seemingly kind of out of nowhere forming a partnership, just like with Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, in the old WWF days. So, yep. you know, hopefully that uh, something cool can kind of turn out of this as well. So they're uh, they're they're experimenting over there with uh you know, this is a very much a Western style kind of a thing to kind of do here.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, the two of them coming together are going to make an amazing, uh, I guess you could call them at this point a faction, uh, not just necessarily a tag team. I don't know that I agree with New Japan calling it, you know, a new version of the mega powers. I, I don't think that they really need to no. do that. There's no need for them to even associate it with anything having to do with Hulk Hogan, Randy yeah. Savage, or the WWF, or the WWE, whatever. Um, I don't think that they really needed to do that. I think they could have just brought them together and, you know, called them maybe mega stars. Yeah. Something like that, right? Which would have alluded to mega powers, but not really fully with that.
0: So yeah, we'll, we'll see what uh, becomes of that. Now, another um, thing to to mention here. And you know, the second part of this is uh, just actually happened today from what I I'm seeing. And uh, this of course uh, deals with crown jewel, which we've been uh, talking about recently, both John Cena and Daniel Bryan are out.
1: Yeah, apparently both of them have decided to say that uh, they don't feel comfortable and safe going over there, so they're not going. Um, you want my honest opinion on this? Mm-hmm. Stop being little babies. <laughs> you guys have probably some of the best security teams going over uh, overseas. You guys have been doing it for years. How many times have both of them gone over to Iraq yep. during war? while there's war going on what's so
0: different now yeah you know and what's interesting with this for me is with john cena because i would have figured that he would have been one of the first people on board with this and he's very adamant he is not going he was going to be part of the uh, their world cup tournament that they're going to do which uh you know that's a whole other possible topic in itself because i don't think that there's anybody other than americans in that tournament but um but yeah, it's you know you figure Cena doing all these kind of stuff, salute to the troops and stuff like this all the time. Yep. He is very adamant. He he has wants no part of this.
1: <laughs> I want I want to find um, something that shows Cena and Brian kind of going, "Hey, okay, this is the reasons why we have decided not to go." Yeah, I I really want to hear that because at this point I see and pardon my language, but you guys are little bitch boys at this point, <laughs> and you're just crying wolf and boohoo and yep. you know kind of taking your ball and saying Haha, we're big enough stars that we don't have to do any of this we don't have to go over there for these people are you kidding me right now i think you're nothing right now I, I don't know the whole story and that's why i need to find it and i need to hear it but at this point from everything that we've seen and heard it's just simply they're not going they're yep. saying that they're not going i need to know why why do you feel that you are above everyone else and don't have to go? Why do you feel so adamant about not going? And in my mind right now, you guys are nothing but babies.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's definitely throwing a wrench into some uh, things here. Like we were talking before we started recording here, they were even considering, you know, we pre-recording because uh, this was going to be a match between daniel bryan and aj styles for the wwe championship yep and they were considering pre-taping this before going over there and uh you know that would be weird to pull off production wise and to show that to the crowd and everything you know it's just yeah it's definitely you know i wouldn't have called Cena like i said seen it up wanting to be involved in this i figured he would have been like one of the first I thought he would have been the cheerleader for this whole thing and that has not been the case no <laughs> not been the case so definitely some odd uh, things there. Again, you know, that event is coming up soon, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens and, you know, what all the fusses have been about because it's definitely been, you know, one of the hot-button topics, you know, when it comes to, you know, pro wrestling fans and on the internet and whatnot. And oh, so yeah, It's been a hot-button issue. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, and quite honestly, I'm just kind of looking for it to be happy and be done with so that, you know, all the bickering and the whining and the complaining can stop about it. <laughs> Because it, it in some places, it's actually getting a little out of control. So
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't even care about the pay-per-view anymore. I've heard so much from, you know, like, oh, we're not going over to Saudi Arabia now because this journalist was killed by Saudi officials. And then, you know, these people are saying, oh, we don't want to go over. We don't feel safe. And it's just been so, so much of a, I, I don't even know what to call it. It's just, there's been way too much on... The fact that something happened and the decision to go over is is in jeopardy at this point. You know, is it even going to happen? That they haven't put enough into actually building for the pay-per-view itself that I don't even care. I'm at the point where if, if I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. I really don't even care right now because everything is just, this happened. So we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So I don't know. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I think the WWE would have been better off... You know, right at the, the get-go to just been make the decision, okay, we're going or we're not, right? Or, you know, once it's announced, they should just stuck to their guns with, with all this kind of speculation everything up in the air. You know, it, it's resulted in, you know, and I share some of those sentiments. It's to the point now where it's, I'll watch it so that I get the results and we have something to talk about. But I'm not going to be like going out of my way to make sure that when it's on, because it's going to have to be on earlier in the day because of where they are. Yep. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this right when it comes out. I'll, I'll watch it after the fact and kind of digest it, I think.
1: I'll check Wikipedia for the results. I don't think that I'll even watch it. No. Oh.
0: Yeah. It, it is it is what it is. You know, and there are definitely some people that feel the same way as you, trust me. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's take a quick break here, and we will uh, hear from some of our friends over at the Com and the Roar Network. Hi, I'm Michael Malkor from TheGorillaPosition.com and The Roar Network here with a very important message. This commercial that you're hearing right now, this very audio, this prime piece of real estate can
1: be yours. That's right. Your product, service, show, or whatever you need to bring attention to can be done right here on this very podcast or on any of our shows here on The Roar Network. But that's not all. A host of other services can also be yours. Communications, news releases, video editing and production, any number of public relations and marketing services are available for the asking. Contact us at thegorillaposition1 at gmail.com today to find out how we can help you grow your audience, your bookings, your attendance, and your business. what's up peeps freaks and geeks this is jargo this is the rbv rick vickery we're from the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast right here on the roar network and you're listening to our favorite canadians joe and carl on turnbuckle talk i I can't believe we just put over canada yeah it's just for joe and carl man
0: nobody will ever hear this all right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk.
1: Yes, we are.
0: As you heard before the break, we got to hear some of our friends over at thegrillaposition.com and uh, the Roar Network. Yes. Now, to the bulk of our wrestling discussion for this week, Carl. Women's Evolution pay-per-view happened this Sunday.
1: I I don't know what more I can say about this pay-per-view, but O-M-G. Honestly, I thought that it was going to, you know... Crap the Bed, Mm -hmm. and I think it really turned out to be an amazing pay-per-view that was put on. Kudos to everyone that was involved with that.
0: I have very mixed feelings. I think that, you know, it's not necessarily all bad. I think that there are definitely some good moments, but there's definitely some stuff that I definitely was not particularly fond of, but we'll get to that. So let's start off with, I think something that's notable here is that... There was a dark match before they actually aired the show, a singles match for the NXT UK Women's Championship between Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai, a dark match not even aired for anybody to see.
1: Yeah, very weird that it wasn't. Um, I mean, personally, I did not see the uh, pre-show, so I don't know if it was on the pre-show. Now I'm Joe shaking his head no. no, There was no pre-show. Yeah, there was. Well, they had like a round table, but they didn't have any pre-show matches. Okay. See, I know that there was a pre-show, because yeah. I have the WWE Network, yes. and I had set that to tape, mm-hmm. right? Because I couldn't be there. True. Um, yeah, very interesting, then, that it wasn't even on a pre-show or nope. anything. That's very, very weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, disappointing, because that's actually a match I would really like to see. Some very contrasting styles, and it was for a championship title. So... <clears throat> it's just an exclusive for the people that were there in person.
1: Or, I mean, maybe this is something that they did to uh, to tape mm-hmm. for NXT UK for the television show that's going to be going on and happening, right? Yeah, I think they'll have to show it there. The, it definitely, and maybe that's why it was a dark match and that's why it, it hasn't aired as of yet or was not shown because they want to be able to use that
0: for the television show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's a good call. I think that they will end up showing it for sure. And after that, we had a, an interesting matchup, uh, something that going into it, I'll be honest, I had some lowered expectations with this, you know, namely with Trish and Lita because, you know, they've been out of the ring for so long, you know, the ring rust, um, issue there. But, um, They had a match with Mickey versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox, which it was originally supposed to be Alexa Bliss, but she ended up with a concussion. Yes. So uh, Foxy ended up uh, substituting in. And I got to say that uh, Trish and Lita showed them up. Yeah,
1: 100% they did. Um, I know that you had your reservations about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any reservations at all. Yeah. Lita still goes and she she works out and she still helps out and she still gets into the ring and rolls around and does stuff yeah. with, you know, talent coming up. Uh, Trish mm-hmm. herself, you know, does has a yoga program that she does and she does fitness she does all of this and she keeps her body in very good shape and keeps yeah. herself to a point where if she were to get back into the ring it's just going to be second nature now did we see a little bit of ring rust on the two of them 100 yeah. percent, yes we did
0: but they made everything look seamless and strangely enough the issues with this match was actually with one of the more active people in this match, and that was Alicia Fox. Yeah. You know, Definitely some uh, some awkward spots and uh, arguably some botches there from probably the more active person <laughs> involved in this match. So, you know, like I said, uh, going into it, my expectations were low, and they, they definitely exceeded that, and it was good to see Trish and Lita in the ring again, you know, and luckily it just it wasn't a stinker for them because I think that, uh, you know, if something bad would have, would have happened, that's always at risk with these kind of things when, when a legend comes back that, you know, something... Thing could be tainted there, so luckily that didn't happen there, and it ended up being pretty decent, I got to say.
1: And you, you know what's weird is that you you call them legends, right? And 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 you make it almost sound like they're you know 60-70 years old. No, they're not. I mean, in a very positive way. I mean, they—they're they're not. I mean, they—they they still have lots of life left in them. And when I say life, I mean professional wrestling life. They—they yep. they really could. Um, I mean, I, I take a look at guys like Sabu who still go out there. I take a look at guys like C.W. Anderson, you know, former guest that we had on our show. Mm-hmm. He still is out there, professional wrestling. Like he and he's in and like in, in his fifties, and he's still going. You know, Bushwhacker Luke. You know. So Jeff Jarrett, all of these guys, they're still going. Mm-hmm. And so do I. Yes, they're legends. But I don't think just because they're legends they're going to crap the bed because they haven't been in the ring for a little bit. Yeah. From legends to today's stars. Uh for me, I loved seeing um the iconics come out there at the very beginning. Yeah. And I mean they were eliminated right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. They were, but it was awesome to see them come out there with the mics. They were the last ones to come out. They were the first ones to be thrown over the top rope. But just the the skill on the mics that they had and the way that they work together is so amazing. And I'm happy to see that they
0: were a more of a larger part of that. A really interesting mix here. I will go through the names. You already mentioned the iconics. We had Molly Holly, Uh, definitely a nice surprise. Kelly Kelly, Tori Wilson, Sonia Deville, Alundra Blaze. Always good to kind of see her. Uh, Maria Canellis, Lana, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Michelle McCool, Naomi, Carmella Ivory, Oscar, Tamina, Zelina Vega, Ember Moon, and Nia Jax. Yes.
1: And I do want to throw out there as well, it did take a little bit of time, but I was very happy that they gave each one of them their time to walk down the ramp and allowed everyone in the arena and anyone that was watching to hear their name be announced as they were coming down the ramp. As opposed to normal, you just see all 20 of them in the ring and then they just start to fight. Right, I was very happy to see yeah. that they gave them each, even if it was thirty seconds, it was still a thirty-second time for them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, had it been on regular week-to-week programming, I think it definitely would have gone that direction because yeah. a lot of times what they do with that, if it's not the Royal Rumble, so it was nice to see, like you said, that they went about gave everybody their moment. Yeah, so I was definitely impressed with that, and I would say that the the win went to the right person. Almost
1: I think part. so as well. I mean. The, yeah. I mean, I, I I think it really did. I mean, you've got Naomi that could have taken it. I don't think Asuka really needs it. Ember Moon would have been an awesome name to have taken it as well. Yep. Or if you really wanted to make the push, uh, Zelina Vega could have upset True. somehow to win that. But yes, definitely Nia Jax taking that and winning that.
0: Yeah, the right choice. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see if she has a future title opportunity, whether that's going to be on Raw or it will be on SmackDown. I think it has to be on Raw, but uh, we, we shall see.
1: She already said that she was going after the Raw belt. So, right. yeah, uh, right after after she won, they did an interview with her in the ring right. where, uh, you know, and, and Nia Jax just kind of said, I don't care who wins, whoever
0: wins, be ready, because I'm coming. <laughs> awesome. All right, so next up we had for me match of the night. We had for the the May Young Classic. It was the the final match with Tony Storm versus Io Shirai
1: very amazing these two working together in the ring they do have similar yet very contrasting styles Mm -hmm. when it comes to their work in the ring the match itself was in a a great back and forth between the two of them and just really showed the talent that both of them really have Um, amazing to see who came out as the winner in this I did not actually expect that but yeah, congratulations!
0: Lots of high spots, lots of hard hitting spots, lots of good technical wrestling. There is a little bit of everything in this, you know. And they're definitely both very talented. I think, you know, for Tony Storm, I think she is one of the best ones that they have right now. She has definitely the look, she has the work in the ring, she has the character, she has everything that you would want in a top babyface women wrestler. I think she needs, in my opinion, I would be pushing her all the way to the top.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just so that everybody knows, Tony Storm did go over as the victor and the winner of the second May Young Classic. So, I mean, congratulations to Tony. I didn't expect that to happen, but I'm happy it did for sure.
0: Now, next up, we had a match that, uh, again, going into it, uh, my expectations weren't all that high for, it, but they they did pretty decent, and. We had Sasha Banks and Bailey and Natalia versus the Riot Squad.
1: Yeah, I mean, the six of those women went out there and really, I think, put on a clinic. They really, seeing how the Riot Squad really works together in the ring this was an amazing avenue for them to showcase what they can do as a faction and as a team inside the mm-hmm. squared circle just some of some of the stuff that it had i think it was bailey had had gone to uh to, to jump through the uh through the corner uh from the outside going to the outside through the corner and i, I think it was sarah logan that came through and gave a drop kick as
0: yeah.
1: as she was going through like wow Holy crap! <laughs> like honestly, yeah. for me, this wasn't match of the night. But for me, this is my very close second. This mm-hmm. three on three
0: matchup. And typically, these six person tag matches can be. I can't really think of a PG term that's kind of used for it. That they are usually a cluster. Let's it can be a mess. Yeah, yeah. And typically, in the WWE context, they usually are. Because you usually have just two people working in the ring while everybody else is resting. That's one of my main issues with these style of matches. But, uh, you know, they kept the pace going pretty good in this, I gotta say.
1: I think the only one, unfortunately, that was really doing any resting in this match seemed to have been Natalia. Mm -hmm. I wish that they would have, you know, had a little bit more of Natalia in the ring because I have always been, you know, a fan of Natalia's. She's Canadian. She's, you know, a graduate of the Heart Dungeon. And I think she has an amazing talent. Do I think that they sometimes squander that and not really use it to their full potential? Yeah, and I think that this was just another showcase of yeah. not using, you know, Natalia in the way that they could. But all in all, she had her moments in that matchup as well. All of them just really gave it their all and made it an amazing matchup.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, Natty will get some other kind of push you know, in this somewhat near future because, you know, who knows, I mean, you could, uh, you know, Think of some conspiracies there with, uh, you know, obviously, the, the Hart family and the McMahon family. Not always the best of relationships there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what, when it comes to that. I think that she still has, you know, a lot more to give the business. And, oh, yeah. And hopefully, she'll uh, get some push. In. Yeah, we are a little biased because we, we are Canadian. <laughs> so, next up is where I start personally to have issues with this show. The NXT Women's Championship match between Kari Sane and Shayna Baszler.
1: And I'm just going to say and put out there that Joe has always had issues when it comes to, um, I don't know how to, how to put it. Uh, he's, he's, he's always had, and he, you've all heard it on the podcast before with the MMA fighters that are coming in and not fighting in a professional wrestling manner, but are fighting still in a UFC manner. So... Yeah. yeah i I kind of expected this uh, this is where a breakdown would come for you.
0: <laughs> I literally sat there and, and i mean dissected this match and i literally with a piece of paper I had one notch on this piece of paper for the amount of quote unquote professional wrestling moves that she did. It was a gut wrench suplex, everything else was punching and kicking and choking and submissions yeah. You know? So you know that, that that's my only issue. I think as a character and as a heel, I think she's fantastic. But when it comes to the actual watching the in ring work stuff, and my issue, and this is actually in our showstopper segment, so I don't want to go too much into the, to it now, so that we have that to talk about later. But uh, I think Curry Shane, I think she did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sheena is the one I have the issue with when it comes to the in ring stuff.
1: I a hundred percent. I know you do. Um, I I I don't know what to say to that. Uh, I mean, I I feel a little bit differently yep. but i mean that's
0: something that we can leave for our showstopper absolutely and of course uh, shana taking that nxt women's title
1: back yes she did so
0: all right we will take another break here curl and we're gonna get to i think you could possibly call them co-main events for this uh for the show yeah so we'll take a little bit break here and hear for some more friends here
1: Tired of mainstream media lies and deception? Need a hard dose of reality? Put on your sunglasses, swallow that red pill, and tune into London Rising, your epic mix of music, news, and freedom. Tune in weekly with me, your host, Gunstar Hero out of London, Ontario, Canada, as I mix up breaking news, hard-hitting commentary, trigger warnings galore, and eclectic Epic slate of unforgettable music tracks, including metal, punk, classic rock, country, and even some hip hop in for good measure, only on the Podbean Network. What's up, Peeps, Freaks, and Geeks? This is Jargo from the Hidden Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, right here at the Roar Network, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl.
0: All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are. So we ended off the break talking about the NXT Women's Championship match. Now, next up, we had for the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Yes, we did. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead
1: with this one first because and only because I know that you have a lot that you want to say about this. Mm -hmm. Before you do get into everything, though, you had challenged me to do something, yep. and last night, I did that. I did exactly that. The challenge that Big Joe had for myself was to watch the Becky and Charlotte match with no audio. Yep, And I did that, mm-hmm. 100% legitimate. I did that. So, I'm going to let you go through and talk about what you have and your feelings on this match, and then I'm going to go through it as... Yep listening to it with no audio.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I, I actually listened to it both ways. And, you know, the first listen through, obviously, with audio playing. Now, right off the bat, I will say the actual in-ring work stuff, I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They, they, they hit some great spots. They did some great work. My issues revolve around the things kind of under the surface. At, at the very beginning with them coming out, with Charlotte coming out, being as WWE's pitching to us as the baby face, the good guy, the good woman in this case. Yep. The crowd booing very heavily to the point where production is actually muting those boos to, to try and portray the right perspective there. That was an issue that I had. And then when Becky coming out, them actually post actually during on the fly putting booze in over on the audio to make it look like becky is the heel okay. you know so in my opinion some shady stuff there you know with it uh with, with doing that you can tell that, like in my opinion this whole thing has been booked completely backwards to begin with i think charlotte is the heel and becky is the baby face and one of the reasons why i made that challenge to you was that when i watched this match with audio it's very clear to me who the good and who the bad is, and it's the opposite of what they're telling it, us that it is. That's the, the issue that I have. Like I said, I thought the in-work stuff was fantastic. They did some great stuff. and But even at one point, and I actually have this as a note here, when Charlotte was getting hit with the chair, the fans were cheering, you deserve it. Stuff like that, just some very, very odd stuff that I thought that, you know, the crowd obviously feels different than what WWE is telling us that we should be believing
1: so i have not watched it with any audio at all i have not watched it a second time i see (laughs) things with no audio totally different wow totally different when charlotte came down to the ring she had smiles on her face That's a good guy thing to do. You have a smile on your face when you come down to the ring. When Becky Lynch came down to the ring, she was Mm straight-faced. She didn't high-five anybody. She did not nothing. She just there in the ring. When they started coming out with all of the uh, the weapons, who was the first one to do it? The bad guy, Becky Lynch. She was the very first one to pull out that stuff. Who was the first one to use it? Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. She was the first one to use it. Everything that I saw within that match showed Becky Lynch as the heel and Charlotte as the face throughout the entire thing.
0: Yeah. I, I guess perspective, I, I mean, everybody can have a different perspective, I, I guess, you know, you know, another spot actually that I didn't put down and that I'll mention is when she was actually, Charlotte was attacking her, like Becky actually like going back and, you know, saying, no, don't hurt me. Typically what a heel would do right after that moment is then do a turn and then an attack to kind of play possum. She didn't do that. So, you know, stuff like that, you know, just in my opinion, you know, right the, the get-go. You know, this is going all the way back to when we had uh, Rick and, and Ryan on and when they, I predicted that they were going to turn Becky Hill and we all thought it was a bad idea at that time. You know, and I still to this day stand by that, that <laughs> I think that it's a bad move and that this whole rivalry is cast completely backwards. And, and like I said, not to take away from the in-ring work stuff, they, they did a fantastic job. My problem is the storytelling is backwards
1: see and i see it totally different i think everything with it has been great and perfect up until this point becky lynch is really coming into her own and becoming and 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 i've said it before and i'm gonna say it again becky lynch is becoming this stone cold steve austin of this era she really is she has come into this role she has taken this role over and she is really take a look at what she did with edge uh, opening up the show the other night like i mean when you leave the leave my ring, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, You know what? I don't like myself. I love myself, Edge. After <laughs> yep. Edge tells her, oh, you know, you're not gonna love yourself after all of this, or like yourself after all of this, and then her saying, "Don't break your neck on the way out of the ring again," <laughs> right? Like, yep. I mean, she's really taken this role and and ran with it. And I I I think you're a little biased on it because yeah. you I've
0: always been a very big Becky Lynch fan. Mm-hmm. You like. And clearly, the fans are as well, you know. And I think that WWE, I think that they were expecting the fans to to react differently. And I
1: don't. I honestly don't think they were.
0: Yeah.
1: I really don't. I cheered Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was sure. the bet, who was considered the heel. Mm-hmm. He was considered the heel through the majority of everything that he did. Whether it was the ringmaster, whether it was you know stunning Steve, whether it was coming through as Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was considered the heel throughout his entire career and I loved stone cold I cheered for stone cold mm-hmm. when he was putting the boots to somebody stomping a mud hole in somebody I was cheering they deserve that yep. it it didn't matter right and I think I think that's we're coming full circle again except this is instead with a female instead of a male And we've got Becky Lynch in that role instead of Stone Cold having that role now. And I only say that I think you're a little biased on it because I know that you've been a huge Becky Lynch fan since day one. Mm -hmm. And I think that you just would love to see her in that good and happy role as she has been Mm -hmm. pretty much for her entire career. And I know that our... uh, our friend there, Rick, is probably thinking the exact same thing that you're thinking, but in a different respect because he is a huge Charlotte Flair fan, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I totally get where, where both of, where, where you're coming from yeah. um I a hundred percent do, but I see it differently,
0: I, yeah. Oh, uh, it's, you know, it, it, this is going back to, uh, I can't remember where, where it is that, I think I was speaking to somebody else about this, you know, the fact that, you know, that this kind of discussion is actually happening, in my opinion, is a good thing. Because, you know, going back to, like, the attitude and uh, stuff like that, we, we, these kind of conversations happen all the time. Not everybody always agreed with each other. Oh, yeah. So, you know, in my opinion, it is a good thing. So, and uh, before we get to the next match, actually, uh, we need to, I need to make note of something, because I did make note of it. Between this and the next match, W.W. mentioned Crown Jewel and did a um, thing on the, the Titan Tron or whatever you want to call yep. it. And the crowd very loudly booed that. <laughs> they okay. were not digging that. So yeah, they, they didn't spend much time on that. Wow. So last here we have the, uh, the was the main event with Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella? Yes. Oh boy. Um, I honestly have
1: not gotten to see that match yet. So I really can't say too much about it. Um, All I know is what the outcome was of that. But I mean, other than that, yeah, I really don't know much about this one. Unfortunately, Um, I am a very busy guy, a very busy person, and I barely got to get through the rest of the pay-per-view. Yeah. And like I said, that was the, I didn't even get to see that uh, crown jewel promo no. that they did in between. So when you talking that the fans were booing that, I, I, I don't know. I'll take your word for it because I didn't even get to see that.
0: Yeah. The, the, the one of the loudest boos was actually a person standing right behind the commentary desk wearing an AJ Lee shirt. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> to give you some perspective there, so the first thing to, I think to kind of note about this, because I mean you're like you're mainly be hearing my uh, opinion on this, is a very notable thing here to me- mention the time of the match: fourteen minutes, fifteen seconds. Okay. Okay. Now it's very much up for debate. You know, again, you know this brings in the whole MMA thing for for me, but um, you know, for when you look at the caliber of just. Just in general, and this includes MMA, wrestling, everything, all lumped together. Yep. Ronda Rousey should have finished this match in 10 to 15 seconds. Right? Now, the mm. fact that this went on and, you know, went along those did and that Nikki got as much offense in as that she did, to me, kind of discredits Ronda a little bit because Ronda's supposed to be this indestructible woman who can snap your arm, albeit in the Proper direction, your arm's supposed to bend, but that's where. beside the point, you know. It, to me, just I think it lessens her a little bit instead of kind of brings her up. You know, I know I know it helps Nikki, it helps her look good. The fact that she did well against Rhonda, but to me, on the flip side, it makes Rhonda look like, how are you able to have such a tough time to being somebody that you should have been walking all over?
1: You see, I th- I think uh, it's I can't remember who, but somebody from from the Roar Network had yeah. had put out there and i I think it was I think it was somebody from the Roar network and yep. and I have to agree with them. The women within the WWE are touted as being the best mm-hmm. in the world at what they do, yep. right? so I, I I don't care where someone else has come from, right? This is their world. so they're the best in their world. Mm-hmm. So even if an MMA star comes over. It's, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, I don't care that she's considered the baddest woman on the planet over in the UFC. Perfect. That's her world. That's yeah. where she is the baddest woman on the planet. But when it comes to the WWE or when it comes to any professional wrestling, you're not anymore. No, you're just another name that's mixed in there because you're not even in your world anymore. You're in my world yeah. where my world is made up of us who are the best in the world the baddest women on the planet in this world mm-hmm. right and i know it, it kind of sounds kind of ridiculous but no I, I i don't think that you know i don't i don't i don't agree with your view of saying that she should have beat her in like 15 20 seconds because she's the baddest woman on the planet no
0: i don't I, mm. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion on it, right? The, but the only issue, uh, like with that, then is like everything leading up to this point. I mean, she's she goes out there. She supposedly, quote unquote, breaks everybody's arm in a very very short span of time, you know. And then I, I don't know. It's it's and right near the very end of the match, that another issue that I kind of have is you know, in my personal opinion, Ronda is very scary to watch in a ring, and I don't mean in a good way, like in a heelish kind of way or anything like that some of the stuff she does look like it legitimately hurts. Like they, to, fin- to, to set up the end of the match, they were both on the top and they basically did like a, like a reverse kind of like flip and both hitting the mat very, very hard and very, it looked like Nikki might've actually caught part of her neck and then it went oh, into really? the, the, the arm bar, which again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being negative here, but the way that Ronda does that armbar, it looks so very obviously fake, When especially when you, for somebody like me who has yep. watched Ronda in UFC doing the armbar the right way, yeah. and then when she does it in professional wrestling, it looks, like, at least try and obscure the fact that you're bending the arm the right way that, that to where it's not going to hurt you, like, you know? and then this is getting, this is going to lead nicely into our shortstopper segment when it comes to this stuff, but that kind of stuff, it just, it's, uh, it was to me, I'm not a fan of this crossover happening. Pure and simple. Yeah. You know, so, and at the end, another thing that grinds my gears is they had all of the, the wrestlers out on the ramp celebrating together, most notably Becky Lynch and Rhonda touching titles and celebrating together a heel and a baby face celebrating next to each other see i saw photos of that and
1: i see things differently pictures say a thousand words right everyone else is out there smiling and and joking and and all happy happy becky lynch is straight faced Mm -hmm. there's no emotion out of her at all so for her to hold up her title and someone else touch the title touch their title to hers who cares
0: yeah I don't know. Uh, I, I feel that that I, I get it. You know, it's the first women's pay-per-view in WWE that they, they needed to do this big group thing at the end. But, you know, at least keep the people that should be away from each other away from each other.
1: But why are you going to do that when you should have your champions as the center?
0: <sighs> yeah, just, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the kayfabe uh, person to me just doesn't dig that, that aspect of that.
1: I don't know. I, I I personally think that they did it the right way. The champion should be the focal point. They should be the main no, I, person right there.
0: I, I get that, but don't have them celebrating together and holding each other and stuff like that. Right? You know, I, I maybe I'll have to actually watch it. Yeah.
1: But from pictures that I've seen,
0: yeah.
1: I don't see anything wrong with the way that they did it. Yeah, to have the two champions there in the center and have Becky straight faced like that part she did do right right right? i'll give you that she did not break kayfabe at all from what i can see everyone else breaking kayfabe whatever yeah you got that one person that one champion who kept her end of the deal and made sure that kayfabe was not broken and continued to be that heel i love that
0: yeah uh, i mean that's something that um you know i feel differently on but you know it it is what it, it you know not, like I said, not everybody's going to agree on No. <laughs> you know, not, we're not the first co- uh, hosts of a show that don't agree with each other on topics. Now, all of this kind of actually leads quite nicely into our Showstopper segment for this week. And it is, of course, does bringing in real fighters, and I'm talking MMA fighters and you know, other disciplines, into professional wrestling, are they believable as professional wrestlers?
1: I think with the time and efforts and training put into it, yes, they can be. Mm-hmm. To bring them right in right away though and to tout them as being a professional wrestler now, I think is probably the wrong way to go about it. I take a look back from from years ago, right? Like you had um oh, who was it with Bam Bam Bigelow? Um football player had come in. Oh, uh, LT. Yes, that's right. Right. So he, he can they didn't tout him as being a professional wrestler, no. but he was there and he did, he did a little bit of work for it. Yeah. Same with, uh, you know, like Mike Tyson with mm. DX and, and stone cold and stuff like that. They never touted him as a professional wrestler, yeah. but he came in and did some stuff. Right. So I think you can really do that, but, If you want to bring somebody in long term, bring in a fighter or a boxer or a football player or anything like that. You want to bring them in long term. You got to bring them in first and not tout them as being a professional wrestler, but bring them in for a couple of different little things to do. Just like and I'm going to throw it out there. Ring of Honor is doing with Stephen Amell. Mm -hmm. They still do not consider him a professional wrestler. They call him a fan of professional wrestling who is an actor who has gotten into the wrestling ring, that's the way to do it. Start it out as, oh, they're just the fan. They're coming in. They're trying this out or or however you have to do it, but allow them to get all of the training that's needed first before you physically and audibly tout them as a professional wrestler. Then I think it could work. The way that they've done it, though, I think with like
0: Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, um... I don't
1: think was the right way to
0: do it. Now you mentioned something, and I'm glad that you brought it up with Stephen Amell because I mean, you go and watch all in his match with Christopher Daniels. He did some great wrestling moves. He's not just punching and kicking. He's doing suplexes. He's doing body slams. He's weapon guys. He's whipping him around. He's jumping to the outside. He's doing professional wrestling moves. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's fantastic. Now, when, when it comes to, to our showstopper for me, what it all boils down to with the believability factor here is depending on what kind of fan you are if you are somebody who has watched a lot of mixed martial arts and ufc seeing people like ronda and Shanna coming in and doing similar things but in a pro wrestling context it it comes off as as it it, you very notably you very easily see that it's that it's fake okay that they're not doing it properly or, or the way because you're used to seeing them doing these things to hurt somebody yep and then when you see Ronda doing an armbar in a way to not hurt somebody, you know, then it, it looks hokey. Whereas if you are a fan that you know that doesn't really watch UFC or has not watched any mixed martial arts, I can get the appeal there. It's somebody different coming in and doing something different. I can I can understand the appeal with that. But with somebody who has history watching mixed martial arts, it feels weird
1: and i myself personally have not really watched a lot of mixed martial arts Mm -hmm. but i mean i do i kind of get what you're saying I, i i do get where you're coming from and what you're saying um especially in situations like that where you've seen them out there and they are just literally destroying and wrecking people i i yeah fully i understand that um I don't know. It's just, a, it's, it's a difficult one. It really is. Yeah,
0: Cause I, I was, I was up until I would say four or five years ago, I was a very hardcore, hardcore might not be the best term, but I, I watched UFC on a regular basis. You know, I yep. even went to Montreal to watch uh, Matt Serra versus George St. Pierre. Okay. You know, and you know, the atmosphere is very similar to a professional wrestling match or event, but, I mean, the action that happens in there, it's it's brutal, you know, with the exception of dropping people on their heads and, like, fish hooking and some of these, you know, basic rules. It's really anything goes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's essentially bare-knuckle fighting, but with very, very small, very light gloves on. I mean, when somebody gets suplexed in a, in a MMA way or context, mm-hmm. it's pretty much a knockout. You know, so, you know, that, that's to, to me, you know, what comes down to the be- believability of this all is that because I have history of watching MMA, it just, it makes it hard for me to believe them in the wrestling context. That's where I have the issue at the end of the day. Okay.
1: No, and I totally get that. Right. Um, you're one that, that that talks a lot about kayfabe as well. Where do we draw the line?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? That's true. It, 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 then it comes to the point of, You know, we know that professional wrestling is predetermined, Mm -hmm. but are we going to allow these fighters to come in and legitimately, you know, fight? Or are we going to have that kayfabe there to say that, oh, like I tried alluding to earlier, right, with, you know, they've got, this is their world and UFC is over there in a different world. That's where the kayfabe comes in, right? For for me at least. So I need to try to really do that, and 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 it's difficult sometimes to blur those lines because I know that it's predetermined, right? Yeah. So it's it's hard sometimes. It, it it's very difficult sometimes to to really see the difference between the two, and to I don't know the word for it, but to really keep a bias, I guess. Yeah.
0: But I think going forward, and I think this is something potentially where the Fox, uh, deal, you know, could end up, um, you know, encouraging this and causing this to happen where let's turn the clock back and see when we had like fighter versus professional Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Noki, you mm-hmm. had that touted as a wrestler versus a fighter. Yep. So I think that going forward, I think instead of bringing in these fighters and calling them wrestlers is that you, you have a professional wrestler versus an actual fighter. And I think that sure. the Fox deal, I think, could facilitate this. And I think then, then it could become something successful. I agree. All right. That we can agree on. Awesome. (laughs) All right, Carl. Well, let's uh, wrap things up this week and let's uh, talk a little bit about some of our sponsors.
1: Definitely. We want to give a shout out to our two sponsors that we have right now. And we are always taking more sponsors if you are willing to. But right now we've got two sponsors. One is com, where you can get some amazing flavored vape juice if you're a vapor like myself. If you go to their website, hypecityvapors.com and go to the checkout use promo code JK podcast and you will get yourself 15% off your entire order. Almost the same thing with our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. You can go and check them out for some of the most amazing apparel that there is when it comes to things with professional wrestling. Go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com, founded by Al Snow, and get yourself a 10% off your entire order, no matter if it's brand new or clearanced items. You can get yourself 10% off by using promo code JKPODCAST.
0: Awesome, and of course, to listen to our podcast, you can find us on Google Play through Google Play Music or their pod or their uh, their podcasting app on Podbean, of course, uh, through iTunes. Uh, Chuck, just recently, things are good to go on iTunes as well, yep. and uh, some of the other podcatchers out there are picking up uh, that feed as well. So usually, in most of those places, you type in Turbuckle Talk, you're going to find us. And our logo now is very, very easy to spot. It's uh, it's it's kind of like the Bullet Club logo, so. Definitely, course, yeah. And of course, you can find us at thegorillaposition.com as part of the Roar Network, alongside all of our other great podcasts there.
1: That's right. And if you need to find us and want to find us, and we want you to find us on social media, make sure you check out Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and search for TB Talk Pod, that is where you can find us. And like Big Joe said, we have a brand new logo. We've had it before, but we are now reintroducing this logo. It is very bullet club esque, and you will not miss it. It is our new Turnbuckle Talk logo on all of our social media where you can find us at TB Talk Pod.
0: Awesome. That is a great way to end things off. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao. This is Michael Melkor, executive editor of TheGorillaPosition.com and co-host of Going Home with Ryan and Mike. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk.